Big time storylines. Big time storylines. Big time storylines. Yo, welcome back. Welcome back. Relos on Sports Talk, episode 169. I'm out here dolo. We doing it. We It's okay. I can do it dolo, even though I love it when the producer's here. But that's okay. But look, thank y'all for watching on YouTube. Listen on Spotify. Check us out on our Facebook page, at Relism Pod on Twitter, and Relism Sports Talk on TikTok. Thank you for the patrons that are supporting the show, giving us bigger and better things going on. Really appreciate it. Hey, if y'all ever want to sponsor a show, I'm going to give you a week of social media advertisement for you or your business or whatever else, all during the show and your logo on the screen. So inbox me, message us, do whatever you got to do. Because I'm have I got love and I'm excited for my commanders, love for the Black Mamba, and all the love right there for my mama. Because on Riddles on Sports Talk, we talk about sports from Hall of Famers to the local talent to all the big time storylines. And it's crazy with Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets finally. I'm starting off the big time storylines with the NBA playoffs of all things. NBA playoffs. We're gonna talk NBA drafts. I'm gonna give you some. Watch the Commanders want what I think we need round by round till, you know, till maybe the six or seven. I ain't going all the way down, you know what I'm saying? But then Rodgers is finally a Jet, and then we'll finish it with my Terrell's thought as a Commanders fan. So, big shout out to my boy Darren and Tyler, the hosts of Fat Boy Fadeaway Podcast. They're in, out there in Cali. They love Golden State. The big game tonight is at 10 o'clock. It has to be the most entertaining series out of all the first rounds, even though there's some upsets brewing, which we'll get to. But Golden State, Sacramento, the most entertaining. Ain't nobody trying to play defense. They're trying to score 1,000 points. And everybody loves points, man. Everybody loves points. So we're going to start with that because of, in, in, in favor of them. That's my peoples, yo. I like them. I like them a lot. Um, and then we'll finish up with the games in progress with the Knicks. Looking to close out Cleveland. And the Lakers looking to close out Memphis. Even though them Grizzlies are battling, yo. Them Grizzlies done woke up. Don't wake up a sleeping bear. Like they were talking about LeBron. But hey, we'll see. But game five. Two to two. Golden State, Sacramento. Here it is, fellas. Derek Tyler. Let's go. And hopefully I can get off Sunday. I, w- I would love to be a part of that. Thank you for an invite. I would love to be a part of that. So hopefully I can get there. But you're on the road tonight, baby. You're on the road. We know what y'all do on the road. You're on the road. Draymond Green's going back to the place. He's going back. You know that crowd's going to be on him. You know Mike Brown said, go ahead and get up into Draymond. You know Mike Brown. And Mike Brown knows Draymond Green. The crowd's going to be crazy. The crowd's going to be amped. They know this is a pivotal game. Always, anytime it's 2-2 two two in game fives, those games be the most entertaining and this series has already been entertaining but i look at it and i look at the star for sacramento De'Aaron fox he got a messed up finger he's gonna have it wrapped up his hands all messed up he's the the focal point of their team he's the engine that runs it all so i'm looking at it like ooh. i mean i like sabonis i like his skill set i like his multi-dimensional things that he does but Dear Fox is the guy. He's the guy. He won most clutch player. He's the guy. Okay? I'm calling it right now. It's a must win 
for the Kings. Because if you don't win this game, you go down to Golden State for game six, they're going to suffocate you, yo, and you are not going to come through to get to a game seven. You have to win tonight, Kings. You have to win tonight. Or else, great job on your season. Great job, Mike Brown, Coach of the Year, whatever. Great job because the Sacramento Queens are finally relevant after Shaq put them down for years. Great job, but you have to win this game. Put it on the other side, Stephen Curry. Curry. I mean, what can we say? This guy has transformed the league and the way we think about different things as far as shooting and things of that nature. His legacy, I think, keeps going up and up and up the more success he does. Because we look at the teams and we're like, they're still the same squad. I mean, they're almost still the same squad. You're getting rid of players that you drafted high. And and what? You're not getting those superstar players back. You got D-Lo in a trade. Well, D-Lo, you go ahead, go ahead, D-Lo. You know what I mean? I'm looking at it like Steph Curry has transformed his game. I remember last time on the episode when me and Brandon was on the Raw show with me, Brandon, and Darren from Fat Boy Fadeaway, who's a diehard Golden State fan. I think Steph has transformed his game in many ways like Michael Jordan did from being a high flyer, dunk or whatever, transformed his game to shooting. The way Kobe Bryant did as far as high flyer, shooting, whatever, getting the mid-range. Steph now semi-plays some defense. He used to be a liability, and he still might be somewhat. But he's actually... Do, he's not that bad on the defensive end. But the th- big thing about it is, for me, is he attacks the basket. He attacks the basket, and we know he can shoot from everywhere. Now he's finishing at the rim, and I'm seeing him finish like the greats finish, like Kyrie be finishing, like players like that. It ain't like he's just laying about him. He's doing those kind of finishes that's elevating his game and I think his stature and everything else. And I'm hyped for Steph. How can you ever hate Steph? It's kind of like a Peyton Manning type dude. Like, even though you might not like the Colts, it's like, could you find a reason to hate Peyton Manning? Can you find a reason to hate Steph? I mean, I don't know. I can't. I don't know many people that can. But um, I think he's transforming his game to more than just being that shooter from way out doing these different things. And he's still doing that. Still carrying the squad. No matter whether KD's there, his game doesn't change. He could be there with the guys he gets drafted with, like Clay and Draymond. Or you could say, okay, you want to go get a superstar like KD? Eh, I don't know my role, but I'm still going to be me doing my duty. Steph is going to be one of the... He, he has elevated his stature in the league to a different place than what we thought. I know I thought he would ever be. Everybody can always say he's the best shooter ever, ever, ever. But the best shooter before him, we never put on that top echelon at all. I mean, think about it. Him, we're going to put in that top echelon because he's doing so much more. And he's doing so much more without doing like KD, LeBron, or all these other guys transforming uh, organizations and building all these teams. It's like piece by piece by piece by piece. We're talking about guys like Kevon Looney, Gary Payton the second, Jordan Poole. These guys were in the G League. 
These guys were in the G League. Don't get it twisted like they some high first round picks. They were G League players. And I'm not saying Steph had everything to do with it. What I'm saying is his work ethic and the way he goes about his business, it, it rubs off, baby. It rubs off. It's simple as that. Steph, no matter what happens in these playoffs, I think his legacy has went up that much further. Now, I can't vote. I can't want him to win. I do not want him to win. I'm a Kobe Bryant guy. He's got five rings. He should have seven. But he's got five. I don't want Steph to get to five because now we're going to start talking about is Steph better than Kobe? Because Kobe don't get no love with Jordan and LeBron for some for some weird forsaken reason. I don't know. But I don't even want to have nobody else in those debates because I think Kobe's already overshadowed by LeBron's bald spot and his fake hair and his crab dribble and his flopping down crying. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what's going on. But um, Golden State... Fat Boy Fadeaway, I'm calling it right here. Darren and Tyler, y'all pulling it off tonight. Y'all going to pull off the road woes. De'Aaron Fox, his fingers messed up. Y'all going to pull it off tonight. Curry, Curry might put 40 out there. Or he might just put his number up there. He's going to at least get 30. He's going to at least have 30. For you, Fat Boy Fadeaway, y'all going to take a commanding 3-2 lead and go back home, finish the deal in six. I think that's what's going to happen. I think that's what's going to happen. Give me one second. I got to see the score of this. I got to fix this. Give me one second, everybody. Sorry about this. I thought it was going to be the dogs messing this up, but it ain't. All right, here we go. I told Darren and Tyler, I think their boys are going to do it. I think it's going to happen. Not because I like them, because I think that it's going to happen. And before we get to the games that are going on right now and almost done, we're going to get to one more game that's later on tonight. Milwaukee and Miami. Milwaukee's down 3-1. <laughs> the heater up 3-1. Jimmy Butler is that dude that, as Laker fans, me and Brandon, yo, we've talked about Jimmy Butler. He's a guy that would fit perfectly in our organization. He's a dog, and he wants it, and he's hungry, and he goes to get it, and he's in a perfect organization with Miami. He could have joined super teams. He could have joined super teams when Kawhi was doing all these things and Paul George was doing all these things, which we'll get to later. He said, you know what? Let me go to Miami, and let me just build my own. He led them to a finals. It was in the bubble, whatever, but he led them there, and now he's up 3-1 on Giannis and a team that many thought was going to represent the East. So, big ups to you, Jimmy Butler. Big ups. But here's the thing, though. Can his health and stamina withstand that? I'm not so sure because I think everybody knows the Milwaukee's a better team. They they lost a game where Giannis didn't play, even though they won a game that Giannis didn't play. I think that everybody really knows that. But but here's the, here's the biggest thing about the whole thing. Here's my biggest thing about the whole thing. Coaching. Coaching, 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 coaching. When you get to certain levels of sports, coaching matters that much more. When you have an organization like Miami, when you look up top and you see Pat Riley with all the the pedigree and the rings and the rings that Pat Riley can do when he built up this super Bosch and the 
the heatles and all that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's me. You know what I'm saying? Because that's my organ. I get, I get rings too. But anyway, you know what I'm saying? Coach Spolstra has been doing more with less for a while now. And you've never heard him on the chopping block. You've never heard him being like, oh, they got to win in Miami or else he's going to get fired. Because he does more with way less. Now that the heat was gone, is what I'm saying. We look at Milwaukee's coach. You ain't making no difference. You're not making no adjustments. You're letting Jimmy Butler score 22 points in the first quarter and never make any adjustments. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing, dude? What are you doing? What are you doing? I've, I've been on the record saying that he should be gone anyway. He should be gone. He should have been gone already. I just feel like he's not the guy to put them over the top. He's not that guy. They're blessed to have what they have and the chemistry they have. I feel like he's not the guy to put them over that edge. I just feel like that. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like Harbaugh in football for the Ravens. He's okay. He's okay, but he's not real. He's not going to be enough. He's not going to be enough. So I look at I look at the Bucs. I still have faith that the Bucs are going to win at seven. And, yeah, I was scared to bet Brandon $50. I ain't going to lie. I'll say it on the air. But I still feel like that they can win at seven. It's going to be about Giannis's health. If Giannis is healthy, he had a triple-double last game, and they blew that in the fourth quarter again. And I think that's coaching also. You're letting Jimmy Butler beat you. How are you letting Jimmy Butler beat you? They're down a couple players. You got Half their team is undrafted. <laughs> half their team is undrafted. And you're losing to them? You're losing to them? Come on. Yo, come on, guys. For real. You know what I'm saying? And honestly, I think Giannis... You need to go to your coach and be like, yo, <laughs> let me guard Butler. Bet. I'm that dude. Let me guard Butler. Take ownership of the whole thing. I don't know if Jimmy Butler has enough stamina and health to deal with getting that one last win. I know he only needs one. I know he only needs one. But one it's hard to get. When you're trying to close out a team, especially a championship team like the Bucks. it's hard to get it. Tonight, it's in Milwaukee. If Milwaukee loses this game, <laughs> then I don't know what to say. Then the coach should be fired tomorrow. I feel like the Bucks will win, and Miami has to win game six because if it goes game seven, they have no shot. No shot at all. But I think Giannis' health matters the most. He got a triple-double. But Butler, I saw him with the ice pack on. I saw him with different things. I saw him banging. I saw him laying on the floor trying to get his breath. Because he was giving you every. When somebody like Jimmy Butler is playing for your team and your organization, he's going to give you everything. And he's going to call out people that ain't. That's why Timberwolves said, you got to leave. Because he was calling out the big fake cat, the pussy cat, and calling out all these fucking guys. Because they're not that people. They're not them. And then you got Rudy Gobert that you gave up all these picks for. Timberwolves, you're a disgrace of an organization for what you've done. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So the games that's going on right now, we see the Cavs. We see the Cavs. They're about to be eliminated. They're down eight right now with a minute 22 left. And the Lakers, who were down only two, but now they're down 18. I don't know what happened. Both teams, you know, the Lakers are up 3-1, so they're still there. But the Cavs, let's talk about the Cavs. Darius Garland had 21 points tonight. He finally did something, but he's one of six from threes. They have to show up in bigger moments. And their big guys got out-rebounded so much. Evan Mobley, I know you're young. 
I know you're whatever, whatever, whatever. But you got dominated by Robinson to the Knicks. I mean, it's crazy what's going on. It's crazy. So the Knicks, one of those teams that I said in the last, in the Raw episode, I said, could they be a version of those Piston teams that never had that big alpha number one? But they had a whole bunch of dudes that could fill up the stat sheet. Because if you look at it, you look at it, Julius Randle, even though I dog him a lot, he's a, he's a solid player, dude. He's an all-star player. You know, definitely. And then you got the midget point guard that I dog all the time. But he's killing! He got his dad on the coaching side. He's doing big things. Luka wishes that he still had him back, Jalen Brunson. Luka still wants him back, and Luka might rejoin him. We'll see. And then, you know what I'm saying, they've got different kind of players on their team that know their roles. That know their roles. So the Knicks, about to close it out, go to the second round. And who are they going to play? The winner of Miami and Milwaukee. This could be setting up perfectly for the Knicks to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. And and, and this is crazy to say that. But it could happen, yo! It could happen just like that. Just like that, the Knicks. And I, I don't care. I'm not a Knicks fan or whatever, but... The playoffs are better with the Knicks being relevant because New York, New Yorkers, forget about it. They think everything's better with New York. And the Nets never lived up to their bill. They were disgraced to their organization, what they did with all them stars. But the Knicks, they get beat up all the time. And they're right there. They're finally making good moves. And they have draft capital. It's going to be interesting to watch going forward what's going on. Now the Cavs. Shaman, I noticed your squad. I don't really care about the Cavs because every time I think about the Cavs, I think about LeBron and I get nauseous. So, eh, too bad for you. Um, Darius Garland could have been a Laker. Eh, too bad for you. Enjoy your summer on fishing somewhere else. Um, but your future looks big. For the East, the Eastern Conferences, it's looking big time. Because don't forget about the Bulls that will be back. You know what I mean? Toronto's trying to do different things. I won't say Washington because they, they, they're they Washington. But for the Grizzlies-Lakers, the Grizzlies showed up. I saw LeBron get a little jump over LeBron, whatever. LeBron's older now. Did he give enough? If the Lakers lose game six at home, it's over. <laughs> and I'm laughing. Even though I'm a Laker fan, I'm laughing because Need more reasons to poke at LeBron. I mean, I mean, it's just what it is, dude. It's just what it is. Um, not that I'm a Grizzlies fan or John Moran or whoever else, but the Lakers, you've had your shots. You've had your shots. You're a seven seed. I mean, hey, you still got a shot. Game six is what it's going to be about. It's what it's going to be about, so we'll see. The team that I thought was going to win the whole thing, was the Celtics. Jason Tatum, my favorite player right now. We know about the Kobe. You know, everything about Kobe with him. That's the reason why. And if I really look at it, he probably wouldn't be my favorite player. But I've already put myself in the fire, so I have to to stick with it. But you blow another lead. The game was over to the Hawks. The Hawks didn't have Murray playing because he's cussing out officials. What are you doing? And this was my problem before the playoffs started. I remember on previous episodes I said, I just get nervous because I don't know if they can finish games. I don't know if they can finish games. I don't know if they have it in place who's the finisher or not. And we look at it. we like Tatum and Brown. 
Who's the finisher? Tatum thinks it's him. Brown's like, yeah, I'm gonna have to show something because they talk about trading me, moving me. I think I'm just as good. I think there's something to that mix that makes me nervous about the Celtics. And I've said this time and time again. The Hawks have no shot to win this series, okay? That was their moment. That was Trey's ice tray. That was your moment, ice tray, with your bald spot with the afro. You need to do something with that. Figure something out with the hairdo, Trey. Come on. I, and I'm not dogging you or nothing, but, I mean, you're a millionaire, cool, whatever. But come on, bro, bro. You got to do something with the with the, with the with with all this. Like, you got to do something with that, bro. Anyway, and you're not a number one. You're not a number one. You're going to have games in a series where it looks like you might be a one. But to get them to the next level, you're not that one, son. You're not that one, son. And big ups to Fatboy Fadeaway co-host Darren. He said it on the show on Friday. He said he said the 76ers was his pick to win the East and go to the finals. He said it was their, their dude. It was their time. And I laughed. And I, sm- I snickered. And I smuckered. But if you look at it, he might be right. The 76ers have a legit chance this year with everything going on in the East to beat the Celtics with all their stuff going on. And if the Bucks don't win... <laughs> And it's the Knicks or Heat. Why not? Why not? Why not? So big ups to you in advance, Darren. Um, big ups to you for saying that. You know, there's other people that have been talking about the 76ers, and I just poo-pooed the whole thing because just because of past history. But maybe it is their time. Maybe it is their time. And in any years that it's crazy, it is their time. So we'll see what happens. I think Boston needs to make a statement this next game and destroy the Hawks. They need to just destroy him and say, this is what it is. Let's go get it. I think Embiid's on a mission. I think Embiid wants it, yo. We'll see. Before we get to the Suns and Nuggets, we'll talk about the team that the Suns beat to get there because we already talked about the team that the Nuggets beat. I've already dogged the Timberwolves. They're just, their franchise is horrible. All the draft capital they spent for Rudy Gobert. I mean, <laughs> but the Suns. I picked them to go to the Western Conference Finals. I went, I picked them to go to the finals. I thought it was with KD. I thought it was official like that. I mean, they were undefeated for so long. They were doing different things. But they they almost lost to the Clippers. And that's without PG even playing. And then Kawhi Leonard. Come to find out, has a torn meniscus in his knee. Why wouldn't you say something, dude? You're getting reamed out here. You're getting reamed by the media. You're getting reamed by all these things. Kawhi Leonard beats to his own drum. He beats to his own drum or something. But the bigger thing is about them, you got two contracts, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. Y'all have underachieved every time y'all been together with this Clippers team. Two years left on the contracts. Next year is an all-or-nothing year for the Clippers. If they don't win next year, I see multiple changes. I can see both of them getting traded, something going on, somebody's going to overspend for somebody. I think next year has to be all-or-nothing for the Clippers. I think so. And I hope they keep on doing what they're doing because both of them should have been Lakers, but they chose otherwise. So y'all keep watching the Lakers in the playoffs, Suns. Keep sitting back. Anyway, getting back to the Suns. Suns and Nuggets. The Nuggets, number one seed. Nobody wants to give them love. I know I ain't. I know I ain't. Because before the playoffs, the Suns, 
They were undefeated when KD came there. They were undefeated doing all these different things. La, 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 la. Playoffs start. It's like, oh, it's a whole new ball game now. What's going on? And I think the biggest thing that we learned about the Suns was they don't have no bench. <laughs> they don't have no bench. Their bench is suspect. Losing those two players to get KD was crucial because they were players. Can yo? They were players for the team, man. They were bridges. They were players for the team to help their bench. When you look at their team, you got Chris Paul, who's at the he's at the finality of his career, and DeAndre Ayton has not lived up to nothing since he's got his money. Nothing. He's got nothing. DeAndre Ayton, your number one pick. You were about to go to the Pacers. People were trying to do all these things. You were trying to get traded for KD. You're there, and you're doing nothing. So it's make or break time right now for you, DeAndre Ayton. You are the biggest factor in this playoff series against the Nuggets. Because if the Joker destroys you, and you look like garbage, I can see something happening with you. Because you're just not what it is. You have to be a playmaker for that team to help with the lack of bench. KD, Booker, they're going to be the guys to score the points. You need to suck it up and say, you know what? For this role I'm playing, I don't need to score as many points. I need to rebound, play defense against a two-time MVP who could have been three-time MVP. DeAndre Ayton, get your head out of your bleep and get yourself together. Because you're going to be the reason whether they win or lose. It's not going to be KD. It's not going to be Chris Paul. It's not going to be Booker. It's going to be you, DeAndre Ayton. It's going to be you. And the biggest thing about it is, I'm going to ask on the Raw show, Whose legacy needs this more to at least get to the finals? At least get to the finals. CP3 or the Joker? And the reason why I put those two in there and not KD or anybody else is CP3. We know about CP3. He's going to go down as one of the top 10 players, point guards ever, probably. Ever. Ever. He needs a ring to justify it. The Joker, two-time MVP, could have been three. Number one seed, you're doing all these things with Denver. If you never get to a, a conference finals, everything goes in vain. But my question is, CP3, does it matter the most to you to, to get to, to win that finals? Or I feel like we're still going to look at CP3 as a dude like that, as one of the top point guards ever, whether he gets a ring or not, because he made it to that finals a couple years ago. I think making it to that finals a couple years ago, beating the Clippers along the way, I think that put him in a spot where it doesn't matter if he doesn't win a ring or not. He's still going to be looked at as a top 10 point guard ever. Now, the Joker, on the other hand, being an international player, I look at international players differently because I'm looking at Pau Gasol, looking at Dirk Nowitzki. You know, you have a chance to become the greatest international player ever to play the game. But you got to win a ring, son. You got to win a ring, son. And if any year you can do it, it's this year. So that's going to be a debate we'll talk about on the Raw show. I want to see what, what it means more to CP3 or the Joker. Um, but these playoffs in the NBA, I feel like, have been great because there's been no big threes. Each team has like two. You know what I'm saying? You can look at it as twos. I like that. I like the parody. I like all that involved in it, and I hope it continues like that because I'll watch it after Christmas, of course, but I'll watch the NBA during the regular season. 
after Christmas. I'm not watching no play-in tournament. I'm not watching none of that stuff like that. At all. At all. But I can watch the NBA NBA regular season if it's going to be like this. No no super stacked teams. Big twos going to be against big twos. Legacies on the line. Older players. Newer players coming in. I think it could be something else. They need to keep building forward. I think whoever the number one pick Victor goes to can be vital to the league. I'm just saying because Detroit's team that's young with Cade and all them boys down there, if they get him or if he goes to the Spurs, we know what the Spurs do when they get international stars. And they're a franchise that can build on that. We'll see. I think it's going to be great. I think the offseason with the teams that don't win, it's going to be great offseason to see who does what, who leaves, who wants to go where, and things like that. I think the NBA is on a spot where they can continue to grow if they just do it the right way. And don't don't let other teams build up all crazy stuff. When we come right back, it's NFL Draft tomorrow. My commanders, I'm going to tell you who I think we should get, what we shouldn't get, how we should go round by round. And we're going to talk about these quarterbacks going up and down, who should play what. Be right back. Relative Sports Talk, episode 169. Big time storylines. 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 And as we see, as we see the heat in the bucks just tipping off. Just tipping off. get to the draft now. We're going to get to the draft. Here we go, the draft. We've heard all kinds of crazy stuff going on. It was supposed to be C.J. Stroud. It was supposed to be the number one pick. He was clearly supposed to be the guy for Carolina. Then we heard, oh, he's not going to be. It's my man from Alabama's going to be. Then we hear, oh, C.J. can't pass the test. He's got the horrible score. What's going on? Here's my thing talking about all that, okay? Here's my thing talking about all of it. We even heard stuff like Will Levis being a number one pick. I'll tell you right now, the Panthers did not trade a number one receiver in their picks to get Will Levis, who they could have probably got at number nine. I'm just saying. Just saying. Just saying. They can't do that. It has to be Bryshaw, period. But, on the other hand, like I've said on previous... Dude, I've said this previously... Said this previously. 
Will Levis reminds me of a certain type of player like the guy in Buffalo, Josh Allen. Josh Allen went to a small school, never won a whole lot. Big, strong, versatile. He can run. People look at Will Levis and what happened last year. Look at the year before last. He was running over people, hurdling people, doing all kinds of things that Josh Allen does. Now, Tommy, he's more Josh Allen-like than some Ryan Tannehill, okay? That's more Josh Allen-like. So for Will Levis to be getting a push up, I totally agree. I totally agree. Now, I don't agree with the C.J. Stroud. I think he's just hurting himself by talking, talking about, I play football. I'm not a test taker. Bro, don't say stuff. Why are you saying stuff like that, CJ? Come on, dude. The test you were taking was about evaluating things that quarterbacks evaluate. I still think he's going to be where he's going to be. But the craziest thing about it is that number two pick. Oh, heaven forbid the Panthers take don't take Bryce or CJ. If they don't, it's going to get crazy at that number two and three pick that Arizona has. People are going to be jumping. I can see the Raiders jumping. I can see the Titans jumping. Lord knows Washington won't because we're fucking idiots. So we don't do stuff like that, which Terrell thought we'll talk about how much of an idiot that we are. But, yeah, so it's going to be crazy. I think this year draft is going to be nuts. I'm going to love it. I can't wait to watch it. My God, and I wanted to get in the second round with our with our second round pick, Hendon Hooker. He's cleared by doctors. He can play the first weekend of the season. That just pushes him up the draft boards even more. I don't know how that affects Anthony Richardson because um, I don't think either one of them could play this year. But if you're saying that he's going to be cleared the first weekend of the season, maybe by week 9, 10, 11, you might see him come in. Hooker might be on the loose, baby. So I'm nervous that we're not going to get anybody. They already say we're not going to get anybody, but I always have false hope that Maybe my team could ever draft a quarterback, which we never do. But who knows? Who knows? I think it's going to be a crazy draft. Crazy, crazy, crazy. But in the first round, I'm going to talk, talk about my team real quick about how what I think the commander should do. The first round, obviously, now that Hendon Hooker is, would, his health is a little bit better, I would take him with our pick at number 16. If he's there at 16, I'm taking Hendon Hooker. Let him sit behind Jacoby Brissett. I don't think Sam Howell's the answer. I don't. It, but I know they're not going to take him. We're looking at all these offensive tackles, but we got tackles. We got linemen. We got linemen in free agency and everything. To, uh, my man from Kansas City and stuff. I think we have to go cornerback with either Deontay Banks or Joey Porter Jr. But my pick, maybe because I'm a homer with Notre Dame, is Michael Mayer, the tight end. I think he's versatile. I think he can do everything. I think he could do anything, and we know who our offensive coordinator is, Eric Bieniemy. We saw what he did with Travis Kelsey, right? Travis Kelsey. So go ahead and get him with a young quarterback. They can mesh together and do different things. That's what I'm hoping for. Um, in the second round, I'm looking at, I say I wanted Hooker in the second round, but I know he's not going to be there. If we can't get Michael Mayer in the second round and we take a corner or something like that, I'm looking at Darrell Washington, the tight end from Georgia. He's a mismatch in the play. In the passing game, he's a good run blocker. In our scheme of Washington, that's what we do. If we didn't get a cornerback in the first round, Kelly Ringo, that cornerback from Georgia, yes, he give and take. He'll give a big big play. 
or he's going to make shutdown plays. I feel like he could be the best corner in the whole draft if he's schemed right. I just feel like he can be the best corner in the draft. Mr. Ringo from Georgia. But a big a big player to take if you want to be safe, get the left guard from TCU, Steve Avila. No sacks all year. He's young. He can make big, big plays. And we definitely need depth on the offensive line. That's why I think we're going to probably try to take one like Broderick Jones or Darnell Wright in the first round. But we'll see. We'll see. Round three, if we don't take those offensive tackles, I'm taking Tyler Steen, senior from Alabama, 6'6", left tackle, right tackle. We can do either one. Either one. Or if we want to be sneaking, get another linebacker, because I'm not happy with our, our weak side linebackers. Dorian Williams, linebacker from Tulane. He can cover these tight ends. If you look at our division, the tight ends are relevant. You know what I'm saying? Waller's now with the Giants. You know what I'm saying? You got Goddard with the with the with the Eagles. And the Cowboys will have a tight end. You know what I'm saying? So I think he would be a sneaky fit because he can cover the tight ends. He has a big grade from pro football focus. So we'll see. Round four, if we can't get any of these tight ends, you see I want a tight end. Logan Thomas is not the answer. What what about Luke Shoemaker, tight end from Michigan? Yeah, he don't have the numbers or whatever, but he don't drop the ball either. He don't drop the ball. Michigan ran the ball a lot with Harbaugh. But when he was out there to make a play, he did not drop the ball. I think he's a very talented person. I think he's a very talented tight end. So if we can't get one through the top four rounds, I, I like him if he slides that far. If not... We got to go with my man, Keontre Miller, the running back from TCU. You talk about home run, Chris Johnson, uh, CK2K, elusive speed, home run hitter. Kind of like a Isaiah Pacheco, in my opinion, who played for Kansas City, who our offensive coordinator is now as Eric Bieniemy. I like that in round four. It, pick 118, I feel like either one of them would be a steal if we can get them. If not, round five. I know nobody wants to talk about it, but I think Dorian Thompson Robinson, the UCLA quarterback, I think he's somebody to take a chance on that late in the draft because he's got skills. He's got talented attributes to do different things. I can see the Patriots going after somebody like him because he can do multifaceted things, but I would like to take a shot at him too in the fifth round if we can't get Hooker or somebody like that. But if not, small school, Marte Mapu, Sacramento State, he plays linebacker, but he played everything else. Like, this guy can cover the run. He's like a strong cornerback, safety. It reminds me of a Landon Talent, Collins type, Swiss Army knife that could do so many different things. You know what I mean? He's great against the run. He can cover those tight ends also. I think he's somebody to check out, too, from a small school or whatnot. When you get to the 6th or 7th round, Washington, we're looking for biggest upside. And I'm looking at a Seam Richard, the tight end from UNC. He's 22 years old. That's it. Left tackle, depth, which we're going to need. We saw injuries all year last year at the offensive, offensive line spots. Or Thomas Icoon. He's the edge rusher. He's the edge rusher. He had 11 sacks, 26 hurries. You know what I'm saying? 71 tackles last year. He's athletic. He can stop the run. And the reason why I only bring him up, and the reason why I bring him up as a pick that we can get late, just goes back to my Terrell's thought. So remember that name I just said. You know what? I'm going to do my Terrell's thought before we get to Aaron Rodgers because my Terrell's thought is we're not picking up Chase Young's fifth-year option. 
Why? Why not? He's number two pick in the draft. When he's on the field, he's a difference maker. He changes the game, changes our defense, which is already good. Which is already good. So you're telling me with Sam Howell, who's basically a rookie quarterback, and a retread backup at Jacoby Brissett, that you don't want these difference makers on the other side of the ball to make it easier for these quarterbacks? And you don't want to pick up his fifth-year option? So go ahead and let another one go away, Washington. Let another one go to another team. Thank you. Great job drafting him number two. Great job. And we don't have faith in him to keep come back and live up to the hype. Thank you, Washington. Thank you for what you do, Washington. Thank you for letting another one keep going and become a star elsewhere. Thank you so much, Washington. For a team that's going all in, though, a team that wants it all, the Jets. Aaron Rodgers finally is a Jet. And people are like, oh, they gave too much for Aaron Rodgers. They gave too much. I don't believe so at all. The, the, the Packers are looking at it like, okay, we just traded our first-round pick. We swapped it. So instead of having the 13th pick, we got the 15th pick. So what? We gave up a second-round pick next year. Cool. So we gave that up. We get we we gave up a we gave up a sixth, but we're getting a. I mean, we gave up a fifth, but we're getting a sixth back. Yeah, that's a wash. And then the last one is in twenty twenty four. We're giving up a second round pick that could turn into a first if he plays sixty five percent of the snaps. I look at it this way: Who cares? Because if he's playing that many snaps, your team's gonna be winning, and that draft pick in the first round is gonna be way down the line. And what he can bring you right now, and you're in the Super Bowl talk right now, I think it was well worth it. I think it was well worth it. The Jets, great job, Jets, great job. Um, we'll see. How, we'll see how it goes. If you can get more than one year out of him, it's a super great job. If he only plays one year and you don't win a ring, that's when we got to worry. But you are relevant now, Jets. You have no excuses now. Aaron Rodgers is used to having no excuses, and he's failed. So, Jets, be ready to cry, 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 cry. Because I think he's going to fail again because the AFC is loaded. I think it's the Bengals' year. I think the Bengals are going to the Super Bowl. I don't even know if the Jets go win the division because I think Miami's ready. I think they're ready. And the B- the Bills, yeah, we don't know what's going to happen with them. But I got this sneaky feeling that DeAndre Hopkins is coming to the squad. He keeps on throwing out these little tweets. How much admiration and love that he has. I'm just saying, DeAndre Hopkins goes to the Bills. That division is spectacular. You're looking at the Bills, the Jets, and the Dolphins. And then you're looking at the AFC West with the Chargers, with the Chargers, with the Broncos, and with the Chiefs. Whoa! Wow. Wow. And that's not even talking about the blood, bloody AFC North. With the Bengals, Steelers, Browns coming back with Deshaun, and then the Ravens. I mean, the AFC is it's going to be big time storylines. That's what it's going to be. Playoffs are going on. It looks like it looks like the Knicks. Congratulations to the Knicks. Grizzlies, we'll see y'all game six. Giannis, you better do it, baby. Thank y'all for listening on Spotify, watching on YouTube. Miss you, producer. Miss everybody else. Raw should be fun. Episode 169, Realism Sports Talk, NBA Playoffs, Draft tomorrow night. Can't wait to talk about it. Rodgers, finally. We don't have to worry about what is going to happen. You're finally a Jet. Now let the excuses flow when you fail. 
Big Time Storylines, episode 169, Red Lives on Sports Talk.